Welcome to Foul Players Radio, your podcast for arts, entertainment, and pop culture. My name is Michael Spedden, your host. Every episode features interesting people with fun, fascinating stories about their journeys in the performing arts. Authors, actors, dancers, writers, musicians, athletes, comics, you name it. Folks who are center stage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a production of the Foul Players Group and a proud member of the SJ Network. Welcome again to the Rising from the Ashes edition of Foul Players Radio. My name is Michael Spedden. Tonight's guests are Patrick Boggs and Norbert Yates from the True Fiction Podcast. According to their Facebook page, our podcast is about interviewing all those creatives who make the content for our hungry brains to consume. Writers, filmmakers, painters, etc. We get down to the nitty-gritty about what drives them to create. We had an excellent conversation discussing past projects, film projects, graphic novels, oddball actors, and much more. Their podcast can be found at https backslash backslash truefiction.buzzsprout.com. I was also a guest on their podcast recently, and you can hear my episode there as well. I really had a good time being interviewed by them. Subscribe for free at www.foulplayersradio.com or listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, Castbox, or Podfriend. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Foul Players of Perryville are now booking murder mystery shows for the late summer and fall of 2021. Indoor or outdoor venues, trains, boats, office parties, fundraisers, vineyards, breweries. Just for the heck of it, give us a call, 443-600-0446. Our website is www.foulplayersofperryville.com, or you can email us at foulplayersperryville at yahoo.com. We'll be back with the True Fiction Podcast with Patrick Boggs and Norbert Yates right after these words. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Chris Ristali of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side. I'm Michael, the host of the semi-monthly podcast, In a City Like Yours. Join me as I chat with interesting people with interesting life stories. You can listen to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can follow us on Twitter at IACLYS Podcast, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at In a City Like Yours Podcast. Please feel free to let me know what you think. And keep coming back for the many interesting stories in a city like yours. Whoa. 
Hey, this is Don Smith from the Life Radio Show. If you've always wanted to learn more about the world of low-budget filmmaking and even lower-budget comedy, tune into the Life Radio Show. You can live stream the show at www.su1069.org on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Or find us wherever you find podcasts and like and follow the Life Radio Show on Facebook for live video and other shenanigans. Hey, what's up? This is Christopher Stolle of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The podcast you are listening to is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com. That's s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and information on those shows, as well as information and ability to contact publicist Steve Joyner for more information. Just go to the website and check out the family, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, enjoy the show. So welcome, Patrick and Norbert. We have the folks here from True Fiction Podcast, and um, I just recorded an episode with you. I'll be appearing on your show soon. I'm very excited about that. So welcome to foul players radio guys. So what's new and exciting? Tell me. Hey, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it, Michael. It's been, uh, it was, it was fun talking to you on, on my show and I can't wait to talk to you here. New and exciting Norbert. That's your, it's your field. Isn't it new and exciting? Oh, I'm, I'm very excited. Very excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> new, I don't know. There's much. I mean, there's new all over the place, but uh, there's nothing new I want to talk about. But no, no, nothing good. (laughs) But um, uh, but far as for for us, I think we've uh, you know we're we're a podcast that are are trying to uh, sort of uncover what drives artistic people and creative thought and. It's, uh, it's, you know, it, we, we've been doing it for almost what we're going on at least nine, 10 months. Yeah. Very yeah. good. We, we're old timers now on this. Yeah. We're, yeah, veteran, we're veteran podcasters here. Yeah. Veterans. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, we're so not, you, I was just say, we're not veteran like you, Michael, you, you know, you're just definitely old timer on the podcast, but yes, know, yes. I actually, I started, yeah, I started mine almost three years ago and I was on another one before that for two, I, I went and, you know, kind of started this year and I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. So it, you guys seem to have like the same kind of appreciation that I do for the creative process and creative people, uh, having people on your show that you know, create, you know, whether they be in the arts or whatever. So tell us about some of your guests and some of the things you kind of look for when I, whenever you book somebody. Well, you know, the, I think the cool thing is, is what everybody does, there has to be some type of creativity there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter what you do. There is some type of creativity. Some people uh, make, uh, they just, they have to use creativity in their jobs, but some people make it their whole entire living. And I, that's kind of more of the people that we're talking about. The other thing too, is that we are, um, we, we feel that, you know, we are creatives. We, we write and uh, we we do art and we we've got a comic book and so there's a lot of things that we do but um so we're that's what we're looking you know that's you know I hate to say it it's kind of uh, selfish in a way I want to find out you know pick these people's brains and find out what are they doing that makes makes them so creative I'll have to say and you may have already talked to this guy but <clears throat> if you ever come over to the True Fiction website um, and uh, 
check out a true fiction podcast. I always recommend people listen to my Larry, our Larry Hankin. Oh yeah. I've had interview. him. He's great. Larry he's Hankin, great. who he's such an amazing guy and he had some of the best insights and in creativity that mm-hmm. I've ever heard. And I really, you just, he kind of blew my mind. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, he was amazing. And then, you know, you get, you get some people on, you know, that uh, you don't know where they're at. You know, that I had a guy, uh, we had a guy that was a, uh, he was a uh, paranormal investigator, a DJ, um, musician and actor. <laughs> what in the world are we, you know, and this guy was amazing. He was amazing. And he, and the thing about it was he had an energy Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't playing, you know, he wasn't playing at any of these things. And there are reasons that this guy was so involved with all this stuff. And, um, you, when you get to talk to people, you can't talk about their creativity without finding out about them a lot of times. Right. And right. this guy had, it was just, he blew my, blew me away. Uh, uh, DJ Jean-Pierre. And he's a, he's an amazing performer out in LA uh, he's got his own uh, paranormal pod. Uh, well, I don't know if it is a podcast, a paranormal uh, website and just an amazing, amazing, very inspiring person. So, you know, that, those are the interviews I like a lot. Yeah, those are interesting. I, the, those I, are... Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that one of the things that, that Pat and I talked about, you know, like when we're talking to people, it, um, I, I'm always looking for someone that is has creative success, mm-hmm. and that, that that you know how you define that is is sort of uh, subjective. But if I pick up in in when I'm talking to somebody, somebody that has confidence and is comfortable in what they've done, sure. Um, and it it almost like you can define your creative success in your own way. It doesn't mean that you're the top of your field. I like to talk to those people, but it, for me, it is very interesting. And what I, I think is, is what we've learned a lot is, is that you can be a, you can be a success, a creative success, and you can learn if you're a musician, you can learn um, from an artist, you can learn from an act. Well, you know, a good no, actor. No, you can learn from an actor. <laughs> yeah, and a, or a businessman who's who has used creative uh, thought in, a, in an interesting way. But it to me, and it, it's it's more of a what are the threads that that come together to make somebody successful? Right, and right. and and well, uh, sometimes that's. You know, you get different things from different people. Like when we was talking to you, um, I thought your cultural uh, heritage was just a key component in what made you who you are. And I think you're successful. And uh, and I and I in, in to me that is what I'm I'm looking to get out of when I'm talking to people. And I'm hoping that when people listen to our our, our podcast, they get something out of it too. Sure. Sure. You know, and another thing too, that, um, you're, you're, you're kind of talking about the creative process and getting creative things going and, you know, going about doing whatever they're doing creatively. 
um, you know, just how important arts education is in schools nowadays. You know, I know Patrick, you're an educator, you know, uh, Norbert, you're an artist. And it's just amazing what parts of your brain get unlocked whenever you have people taking various kinds of art. I mean, whether they're the next Michelangelo or not, you know, just giving somebody an opportunity to sit down. I mean, it really works on their problem solving skills. It works on their, uh, you know, thinking outside the box, creativity, approach, approaching problems and things in different ways. And I really think that that's worth its weight in gold. You know, it's a shame that that ends up getting cut a lot of times when it comes to uh, budgets and things like that. But um, I agree with you. You know, I really think that it is important, you know, I mean. I think one of the things that, at least for me, when we're, we're, we're you're right. It's sad that, that, that kids aren't getting some of this education, but I feel like one of the things that podcast and, and YouTube and all that sort of stuff is, is an equalizer where people can find voices to, to learn without being in a school setting. Now it's ideal. It's more ideal if it's they're younger. Oh, and, sure. But you know, at least we live in a time where there's a lot of good um, information. And I, I, one of the things I, I find that I, I'm learning more from people is, you know, some of this stuff is not rocket science either. I mean, yeah. you know, you have a good attitude, you work hard, you keep, you keep busting. You know, some people, I always think of the equation of success is uh, uh, equal to, uh, uh, um, talent times effort times opportunity. Uh-huh. You know, some people get a better hand. They, they, you know, they're, if you're Steven Spielberg's kid, you've got better opportunity and maybe better genetics than most people. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean that if you have enough effort that you can create opportunities and work your skill set in such a way to be successful. Right. So, right. you know, if if you if you work that way, you know I feel like for what I do as a as an artist that I am because uh, I've done you know videography I've done a number of creative things but as I focus more on my art you know it's more about you know pounding that thing and working hard uh, and improving your skills and sometimes then you create your own opportunities to do that but anyway that's that's one of the things that I I hope as an educational I mean I think of true fiction as uh, hopefully entertaining, but also uh, educational as well. Right, right, right. What are the what are the things that you see um, that a lot of these creative people have in common that either you know drives them or adds to their success? Well, there's a <clears throat> one thing that I found is uh, that there is a an energy that these people have you know they have a like you said michael earlier in our 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 podcast you know this isn't something you're you want to do it's something you have to do you're driven to do this it's something that you have something inside you that makes you do this so the thing is is that you you hone your skills you know it's a lot of this is about putting in as we norbert and i like to say putting in reps Right. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Doing this, you get better, you know? Um, And I think that's what I've seen. That's what I've seen for a lot of people. You know, one thing I, I, we've talked to a lot of uh, people that had a lot of success, you know, and I knew you have too. And one thing that I found is these people that are overnight successes, that overnight success took about 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. of them 
you know, pounding, beating the pavement there, you know, going to, uh, you know, playing music or, um, you know, the, the whole thing about like a uh, performer is that their skill, uh, the skill that they have, they have to make it look effortlessly. And so when people see this, I think people miss the fact that these people, they look, they make it so flawless that it makes it look like they, you know, anybody can do it, which that is definitely not the case. So I, I think that one thing that they have is an energy and something in them that, that, that drive is definitely something that all the people that we've talked to uh, have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A drive. It's funny too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's funny. Some of these people, I, I think, I mean, I, we, uh, I don't want to talk about just like specific people, but some of these people that we talk to, I don't think they could do anything different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think they, I think if they had another choice, they might do it, but that's, right. that's that thing inside of them that won't, won't let them stop. It's something that they have to keep going for. We've, we've also, I, we've talked to a few, not very many, but you've, you, you can pick up on things like where people are not as committed to it or they don't believe in it themselves as much. And I find that instructive too. Um, and I almost feel like when you sometimes when you talk to those people, they're educational because then you listen to them and you go, oh, OK, I got to step up my game. If I really want this, if I really want to be good at this or I want something to happen, I better want it to happen. And if I don't want to happen, as Larry Hankin said. Why am I looking at it or why am I listening to it or why am I watching it? Mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not all in, why should I be in? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right about that. You're right about that. So, um, so, uh, you had mentioned to me earlier that you all had, um, you've got a graphic novel. You've got a graphic novel. I believe Patrick was writing the story and Norbert, you were doing the illustrations and art for it. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. tell us, tell us about that. I, I had another guest on and that, that seems to be, um, an art form that's really kind of coming back, uh, lately. Um, is, you know, the graphic novel or, um, you know, I guess they're not called comic books anymore. Uh, graphic novel is more, uh, well, no, that's the, <clears throat> po- the proper term, I guess, huh? Comic book is passe, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'll tell you exactly why we did it too. Um, kind of like the Washington, which we won't say, but, uh, <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Norbert and I worked on uh, some film projects and Norbert did and Norbert, uh, you know, and one of his other guises. And like he said, he's done a lot of video production. And one time he worked for a company that did a lot of video and he was doing video too. He was doing, we're doing videos on side, basically making micro cinema. And I think, I think we just got tired of having to depend on people that weren't going to show up. I have a movie that's, uh, all but done, except, you know, I had people just, you know, ghost on me. I had a, I had talked to an actress one night. Uh, we talked on a Friday night about uh, what, uh, what she was going to wear, what her motivations were, how she should act. We went through the, her whole character one night and uh, the next day she never came on set. And then uh, I tried to call her numbers or none of her numbers worked. I tried to email her, none of her emails. I said, well, don't worry about it. I know where she goes to school at. I know her professor. I can go talk to her professor. I went to see her professor like three days later. She had dropped out of school. This woman ghosted. 
fell off the face of the earth and I've got, you know, I've shot, I've shot some of my movie with her. So I really would like to, so having that happen, you know, when you draw a character, they're always going to show up mm-hmm. and they're going to always, they're not going to have a beard, you know, and say, you know, I got to get into a bar fight the night before and we have to put makeup on his eye. Cause that actually happened. <laughs> so it was just, you know, this is something that, you know, I love video. I I've, uh, I've edited a video for 20 years and I, I oh, love sorry. it. Um, yeah. So, um, and I filmed, so it's a, uh, one of these things that I, it's a passion, but um, I wanted, I, I, you know, we had an, I, you know, Norbert was looking for something to do and I was going to go back to school. And I said, well, Hey, how about we work this? So we're still, um, I've kind of drug my feet on the last uh, a couple chapters, but uh We've got um, eight of them out, and it's a it's a it's a fun story. It's um, um, my idea was to have um, I I've, I was always a fan of the um, the Dawn of the Dead. Dawn, I seen Dawn of the Dead when I was fourteen. Oh the original yeah, one, and it scared the holy crap out of me. And I was I was I was in the car. We went to see the drive-in. And my brother, we dropped, we went over to, we stopped by at a, a pancake house afterwards. <clears throat> he went in there. He goes, you want to come in? I go, yeah, I did, but I couldn't move. I, I was frozen. So I stayed in the car and that movie. And after that, I was so, you know, enamored with how a person can get scared and, uh, and how it can take over their thoughts. So anyway, I, I watched, I just love the zombie genre. So this was actually before the Walking Dead series came out. We, I wrote, uh, my story was about children going through uh, a zombie apocalypse. Oh, okay. And it's called, um, yeah. So you know, it's 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 a it's how, basically it was kind of uh, the subtext was I grew up uh, with my I wasn't but my friends were latchkey kids. So they, you know, didn't have parents around. We'd go to their houses and we would do things we shouldn't be doing. And their parents would come home. We'd all have to run out the back. So it was just, it was nuts how the kids kind of ran things in the neighborhood um, until the parents got home. Mm-hmm. So right. this is what kind of the the subtext of that that story is, but it's called Children of the Dead, the Treehouse. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. That, that's, um, that sounds like a lot of fun to make. And um you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, not, not jealous, but one thing that I've always been, um, that I could never really do well was draw. And it must be a lot of fun to really just take this picture and just, you know, picture what part of that scene, what angle of the character do you want to show in that frame? And I guess that's kind of where Norbert comes in, huh? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I got to direct, um, you know, marketing and, and working with Pat, I got to direct some stuff and I, you know, would work with actors and I got to visualize, you know, the shots and that was fun. And <clears throat> doing the drawing is both, it was especially early, it was fun, mm-hmm. but it was also frustrating because my skill level wasn't, wasn't there. You know, I had some raw, I had raw artistic talent, mm-hmm. but I could visualize stuff, but I couldn't, when I put it down, it wasn't quite what I, it wasn't what I, what I saw mm-hmm. in my head didn't translate to the paper. So there was a lot of frustration early for me. Um, you know, as my skill set come up that, that dissipated, but 
from conceptually, that was, as, as Pat said, I think my breaking point in terms of micro cinema was when a guy showed up and he shot some stuff and then we were supposed to shoot like two or three weeks later and he shows up with a beard and he didn't have it in the first shot. And he goes, is this a problem? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. If you don't understand that's a problem, then I don't know why we're here. And so that kind of broke me. I think that very moment broke me. And I'm yeah. saying, oh, boy. I, I'm going to have to figure something else out to creatively satisfy myself. And mm. um, having artistic talent. And I remember at the time I had moved to North Carolina uh with my wife and i you know i i I, being able to connect with with pat and uh in that capacity was it was was great for me as i moved to a new area and i could do something creative with him and maintain a a friendship um so it was it was uh great on a number of levels except for the fact that i was frustrated with my work initially but um you know, as, as you got better now, I've got to the point where, um, I'm doing, um, I didn't know this was really a thing, but you, you will do graphic novels now. And the reason you do them is not really to sell them. I mean, you do want to sell them whoever does them wants to sell them, but the primary use form as a proof of concept for a producer. Yes. So you, okay. Uh, 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 you know, you take original script and then you do a, a comic book so that a producer can look at it and go, oh, well, this is what this could visually look like. And so I've gotten a number of those gigs, which is fantastic. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much I love doing that because I take and I try to make dynamic, you know, and it's another growing experience, but you try to make dynamic um a visual so that somebody that's looking at it, you're thinking, Hey man, I could be a part of selling something. A right, concept. Right, right. And that's a huge, um, and it's a huge thing to, to think that you're doing, you're, you're a, a part of something that's really creative. And so, um, you know, this whole translating, um, you know, Pat's writing, uh, the screenwriter I've worked with, I've worked with other writers, translating what they write into something visual is an awesome, awesome job, especially when you get good enough where it, it doesn't drive you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's great. Well, you know, best of luck with you on this, uh, best of luck to you on this here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think, I think it's absolutely great. And what did you say the title of it was again, or what it's, it's about children of the dead? Children, that's right. Children, children. right, right. A zombie type. Of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Now we never use the Z word, but that's fine. I, okay. I know that's what it is, but we always call them, uh, infected. Oh, okay. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Everybody's got to have their own thing. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what there. Um, and I know, uh, I'm, I'm a little close to this project, but there are some crazy scenes in this just crazy, crazy scenes in this book. Um, so it's, it's been such a, a blast to, uh, to basically bring it to fruition. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's been great to, you know, so, you know, I work, I, I worked at a place where I would have to do, I did interactive media, mm-hmm. but the problem with that doing interactive media, I did it all. I did the, uh, I did the coding and the, uh, the art and the music and the video that all went into it. And it's, a real pain in the butt. I'll tell you that. So 
What's been great is when working with Norbert on this project has been, I, I you know, um, you know, he has uh, so many times we will talk about Norbert is got this uh, way that he can get to like the minutia and, and basically pick it apart to where uh, we get it exactly the way that we wanted it. And I, uh-huh. and um, I'm amazed. Here's, here's what happened one time. I, I just, uh, one chapter I had written. Uh, so what we used to do was we would, we, I would bang out the chapter and then, uh, or I would have the chapter and then, I would uh, put basically make it into scenes uh, because or panels. And uh, so I would say what panels I wanted. Then we got to the place where we were just saying, you know, Norbert, Norbert said, well, I can figure out the panels. Like, okay, we can do that. <clears throat> and then, um, so we had this one part and I don't know if I didn't break it into panels or something like that. And Norbert, we had talked about it, but when he finished it, it was really different really just <laughs> night and day different than what, you know, I thought, and I had a look at this and I just, it was just, it blew me away because the way that he went about it uh-huh. was different than I would have done. But because of our collaboration, you know, he knew where the story was supposed to go. I think we added a page or two, uh, maybe changed a panel or something, but it's done nothing but make the project better working with somebody. It's just been, um, just been the best. Well, great, great, great. Well, I, I would love to see this sometime. So make sure, you know, when we wrap it up at the end, we have a, you know, you, uh, I have the portion of the show at the end when everybody gets to shamelessly, shamelessly plug as shamelessly <laughs> as you want to be yourself. So, um, you know, make sure that you tell us where we can get these, you know, if, and everything. So, um, so it sounds like you guys have had some characters you've been working with here. Um, and I think we all go through that too. I, I, sometimes I have a section on the show where we share war stories and, um, it, sometimes it, it's things like this, you know, somebody showing up with a beard, like, you know, like, uh, how is that supposed to even be passable? <laughs> like, you know, like nobody's going to notice that. I mean, what were you going to do? What was he going to do? Like in uh plan nine from outer space, have a Cape walk <laughs> right. around and cover the beard up that way or something. What was that? What was that about? Well, here's the here's the thing, and, and this is my recollection of it. But it, as I recall, the scene was the guy played like he was. It, the The short we did was I read this story in Wired one time where what was it that there was uh, a satellite? Uh, I can't remember what it was. Now there was some funky thing with the satellite. And my my idea was if somebody offered you money to hide something about what they found, you know, this, like this guy was doing, uh, using his telescope, would you take it? If somebody offered you like, like a bunch of money and you don't know who they were and you saw something that you probably shouldn't, would you take it or would you not? So the, <laughs> they, this guy had the friend and the friend was this, um, neurotic, uh, kind of a hacker guy. Computer, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hacker guy. Well, the, he would definitely had the neuroses down, yeah, um, but so at any rate, we had to do this outside scene because he wasn't going to meet anybody in anywhere enclosed. Mm-hmm. And so he was outside and one scene, like I said, I was shooting, we shot him in a, in a room like he was hacking and no beard goes out two weeks later, three weeks later, probably three weeks later. But 
uh, he shows up and he has, you know, a Dan Haggerty Grizzly Adams beer. Yeah, yeah. That, that three like, weeks will do it. Yeah. And it, well, yeah, no, see, you here's know, the thing. Dude, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and he had like this uh, big shiner too, didn't he? Yeah, he had a black eye. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Spark yeah fight the night before. So he shows <laughs> up, you know, with a beard and a black eye. And he's like, you know, is this a problem? And one of the guys who the main actor lived, I don't know, 10 miles away or something, five miles away, something, not Pretty that close. far away. So he goes and gets his, what was it, a beer trimmer? <laughs> well, I thought like it was one, actually. Not a... like a beer trimmer, not like not a, like a full scissors or anything. So he's like shaving for half an hour in a car mirror trying to get his, get, get all cleaned <laughs> up. And then, then you had to apply the makeup. So we was down like two hours by the time it, we got the computer crazy like that. And I just, I, I know that was the time. I mean, that broke me from my center, cinema. I was like, all right, this is probably not for me because I just don't love it enough to want to go through this again. Yeah, I bet. Did, now, was that the only movie that you had worked on together or had you had more projects besides that one? Well, I was shooting a movie and, uh, he, Norbert helped me on that one as well. It was, um, I don't know if we worked on anything else, but, um, yeah, I was shooting one, um, and Norbert came in and helped with a lot of different things. Um, but you know, we got, so we, we basically met each other. I was working at a college and, uh, and Norbert came in to shoot some, uh, like a, kind of promo piece for our college and uh he had a he kind of had a canon xl one which at the time i loved those cameras i had one and so i was like hey i see you've got a canon xl one and we just kind of hit off a you know hit off a conversation it was a great line it was a great line yeah you know (laughs) he had me a canon xl (laughs) one so those were those were the days i mean that was uh that was awesome you know so you know and uh you know we just um you know, I hung out with a group of nerds and uh, we all clicked. So it's, uh, it's all worked out pretty good. That's cool. You know, I have to tell you one of the worst things I had ever had happen. Um, I was getting, we were getting ready to film, uh, a film project and I had been cast in it. Um, I'd been cast in it and I don't know if you ever saw, this was probably what 2015 this happened. Um, we were supposed to film it in a town called Ellicott city, Maryland, which is, I guess about you know, a few miles west of Baltimore. And it's an old historic town that built in the 1700s. It was one of those old towns right near a mill. So it was kind of like, um, a very hilly windy town. Um, and they had a thousand year flood. We were supposed to film in that town. And wow. one night they had a rainstorm. And I guess all this water must have accom- it was must have accumulated at the top of the hill, and water was just going through Ellicott City. I mean, it looked like whitewater rafting rapids, and cars were floating away. And I mean, you know, some you know stores were like you know one one story deep in water and mud and everything. Totally wiped out that section of town. And then it was down for like a whole year. They finally got everything back up and running. And then what do they have one year later or two years later? Maybe they have the other flood of the century, which uh, did the same thing again. And I don't know why it did it, um, wow. 
but yeah, the, the talent got wiped out twice. So that project ended up getting shelved, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, that was, um, that, that was a shame too, because there, there were some you know, very nice people involved in that one that I really wanted to work with, but, um, yeah, we may, we may get back to it later on or something, but, um, it, it seems like whenever you're in the arts too, you know, you've always got to kind of prepare for, uh, the worst case scenario. And you know, there are things that'll happen by chance, like massive floods wiping out the city you're trying to work in, <laughs> let alone having to deal with people that show up with beards or just ghost you like that, you know? Um, and, and it really doesn't get any better at bands either. You know, um, that, that when you went to cast people, did you hold auditions for these or were you the ones doing the casting as well? Or was somebody else doing that? No, we would, we would, I, I don't know how Norbert did his film. Um, you know, we actually Norbert's the star of Norbert's film was the star of my film. So it was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. He was just a game guy that just really is a fun person. And he could, he pulled off the Joe Everyman and uh, did a good job. And that's both what we were, what we were both looking for. Oh, okay. Films. Okay, great. Well, I mean, there's two, for me, there's two different lives. There was a life that I worked when I worked in the marketing um, uh, field where we would do, you know, casting and you would, you know, that sort of stuff. But when you do on micro cinema, you, your choices are um, a little bit more limited. So right, right, you yeah. just wanted to get somebody that was solid, who would be able to give you a little something and you, you, you went with it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's to me, like I said, um, uh, it was all good until the beard and <laughs> the beard killed me. Well, I also want to say what I remember was um, I, a friend of mine was a drywaller and he uh, <clears throat> would always tell me, you know, it's not about how you put the drywall up. It's how, how well you hide your mistakes. And I know that I kind of <laughs> tell Norbert this sometimes because there was a guy, he's a good friend of mine and uh, getting him to say his lines were friggin' murder. Um, he would, you know, so Norbert has a, I think Norbert has a great way to give advice for people that are going to be in your, your movie or anything like that. Basically learn your lines. Then when you come on set, forget your lines, just say it, it should come out naturally. Right. Right. So I don't know if, if other people do that, it just seemed to work for me. Well, this guy, he could, he wouldn't say three words if he could say eight. So it was really tough. You know, he would, you know, he was trying to do the lines, but he was adding so much more to it. Mm. And I remember uh, Norbert was pulling his hair out editing this. And I just, I remember after the movie was finished and the edit was done, I had to say, Norbert, I, I think it's one of the best scenes in the movie. You know, I think, <laughs> you know, it's uh, hiding those mistakes, you know, it looked really good. Mm. Yeah, that's and here's the thing in art. I think there's a lot of what people don't see and what you sort of camouflage your mistakes, whatever it is. I think you, that applies to a multitude of fields mm -hmm. um, is how well you can hide things that don't come out quite way, the way you want it mm -hmm. or minimize its effect, at least. You know, Michael, I really think, uh, you know, I, I, I taught, you know, video and sound and interactive media and things like this. And the one thing that I found about creative processes, especially writing interactive, like interactive media, like what we've done in the book, um, 
everything is a problem solution. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, just to just break it down. It's a problem solution. If you look at that, if you know that it's always going to be problem, then you have to find a solution for that problem. It, for me, it gets easier to do because you, you, you start expecting it, you know, you start seeing it, you know, it's not going to make you feel good when somebody walks on a, with a beard, but that's the problem that you mm-hmm. can get. We had a solution for it. And, and you know what, even though uh, I, I know that story by heart and uh, I, I was, I believed it. Um, I watched the movie and if I don't think about it, it doesn't show up. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> mm, that's funny. You know, there's a, I had a guest that I met with uh, Steve Joyner who were both affiliated with the good old SJ network. Um, Charlie Marie. Uh, I don't know if you've had a, a lady named Charlie Marie on the show yet, um, but she's a, she's a um, script supervisor on television and movies and, you know, the projects that she's worked on as well as being an actress. And she's always in charge of continuity, always in charge of continuity to make sure there aren't any filming mistakes <laughs> there's been times where uh, you, there's actually a website called moviemistakes.com where you can go look up different movies and then you can watch the movie and sit there and see the mistakes in it. You know, like for example, there was one movie I saw where somebody was at a table and they were drinking out of a blue plastic cup. And then the next scene, they were drinking out of a clear plastic cup and then they're back to the blue cup again, you know? And so it's up to the script supervisor to make sure those things don't happen. And then also to you, when my wife was on law and order SVU, uh, they had her dressed uh, and she was wearing like a lady's scarf around her neck and every in between each shot and everything, they had to make sure the scarf was laying the same way. And that's why they always, and you guys know too, that's why they always have people in between each scene and hair and makeup coming over to you to make sure the hair hasn't moved or blown in the wind or anything like that. Or they did the solution or they could do the solution they did for me in Gotham. Um, when they did my hair in Gotham, you could have broken a baseball bat over my head with everything they had in my hair. <laughs> it was like, oh my God. And then getting a brush through it to brush it out, you know, at the end of the day. I thought I was going to walk around with a brush sticking out of my head so I could get home to wet it. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. But those are all the little things we kind of, you know, we always have to think about whenever we're putting together something like this, you know? You know, well, one of, one of the things that I was I was going to say, just don't piggyback on that, is that I didn't know this until, I don't know, a year or so ago, I saw it on YouTube. But one of my favorite, my probably my favorite Western is The Searchers by um, uh, John Ford, and it has uh, John Wayne in it. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great movie. And there's a scene in it where the Indians are, I think it's the Indians are coming out, or, you know, going across a, a street. Mm-hmm. And, and you can look in the hills and there's a car going down the highway. <laughs> I've heard, yeah, yeah. Right, and right. I, I've never seen that until they pointed it out to me. Mm-hmm. And I've watched that movie multiple times. Right. And I right. find it interesting that. As soon as you see it, though, I mean, you can't unsee it. It's always there now. I mean, whenever <laughs> I watch it now. But I thought, I, until that time, I never noticed it was there. I, I think I'd heard of that before, too, where um, they were filming a scene out in the desert, and there was, like, you know, power lines in the back or something. Um, there were there, you know, power lines in the scene or something, or um, another one where I think a helicopter or a plane flew through or something like that. <laughs> you know? 
Oh God, that's that's awful. <laughs> well, I I would say that these days they would paint them out, but I I did catch a uh, an image, a still image from The Mandalorian where uh, Carl Weathers is shooting there, and uh, there's a guy standing, you know, behind him wearing a t-shirt and jeans. So <laughs> yes, I've heard about that. That was just when um I I don't have Disney. Uh, plus to see that, but I, I heard about that happening. Yeah. Somebody was in the background and they ended up being able to remove him. Oh, did they? Uh, yeah, I think they did. They were able to digitally remove him or something like that. But um, if Disney can't, nobody can, I'll tell you that. That's the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. There's uh, yeah, some, some good old Disney magic, you know, some good old Absolutely. Disney magic, you know? Um, so I was, uh, I just wanted to ask too, you know, um, you know, what what kinds of things I know you you all do the things that you do you know you're making your graphic novels and you know video production and you know you're you do you know your arts now and everything what other kinds of things did you like growing up you know I mean you know for example you know I'm an old headbanger um you know I love you know things like you know Twilight Zone I like some horror movies you know um, what other kinds of things kind of influenced your things you liked you know growing up TV shows, movies, bands. You know. I, I want to. This is one one thing that I want to say because I think it's kind of funny and it's rel- relevant. <clears throat> um, so I've grown up. I, I, I'm a big horror fan. I just I and I I became a horror fan with Dawn of the Dead. I watched it. Um, I, I own them all those movies. <clears throat> really like to watch them over and over again. My family, I, I force them to watch all these horror movies. So. I knew what a zombie looked like or what I felt like a zombie looked like mm-hmm. Norbert. And we, at the time we had an artist, we had a, a colorist with us and Norbert didn't watch these movies. And you take it for granted that, you know, I've been raised on horror. Not everybody has, not everybody finds, you know, these uh, skin peeling off and their eyes sunk in their, you know, you don't, people don't really realize that what that really takes to, to create that. So, Oh yeah. yeah. I think it, it was a learning process for Norbert uh, about doing uh, zombies. And I have to say, he's got some friggin' amazing zombies. And I, I don't use the Z word, so we're going to call them, un, uh, you know, uh, infected. <laughs> but we have some amazing infected. He's got, uh, he really, uh, you know, we all had to do our homework and stuff. And then the colorist, he had no clue what the color should be. So we have, it took us a while to get to what our infected should look like. What I, I thought was very interesting, but that's, you know, uh, kind of a, a way that, you know, to explain what I'm into and, and where that ended up. So I didn't, so what do you think? Norbert? What were your influences? I, well, I, one of the things that I, as you said that, you know, it's, it's I always one of my favorite artists when I was growing up, he was a horror artist and I didn't wasn't really a horror guy. I was just, you know, but I loved it. He was a horror artist, Bernie Wrightson. He did these amazing, um, you know, pen and ink illustrations. And I love Frank Frazetta, his colored pictures. I, um, and then, you know, I moved on to, you know, Star Wars came out when i was a kid you know and then some of that's right so i was in in in, you know the sci-fi world horror less so but um then you know as 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 i got more into to uh filmmaking i started appreciating some of the classic movies you know like lawrence of arabia uh citizen kane um the searchers searchers all that sort of stuff so 
you know, and and one of uh, Pat and I's favorite uh, film noir movies, uh, uh, Double Indemnity. But so, I mean, my influences are kind of all over the place. You know, I mean, we we we, uh, uh, you know, have music influences. And uh, but I would say for me, you know, like I started from the visual standpoint when I got into filmmaking i love great visuals you know and then you start as you grow you 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 appreciate the other aspects of it but uh as a kid you know i liked like all the basic things that you know like i loved uh when i was a real little kid i loved football and then i loved basketball i was you know oh, college dad was was a good ball player so that sort of stuff but as you grow up you know you, it, those sort of influences one of the things that we have talked about with a couple of guests is like, I still, there's an appeal to me of the art that I looked at and was wowed by when I was 10, 12 years old. Uh And I feel like it's influenced me, you know, much as the way you've talked about some of your cultural influences and some of the influences on you. Yeah. I, I almost think creatively you own, there's a, there's almost a hard wiring that gets set. Mm-hmm. when you're young um i'm not saying you don't you don't look at other artists and you don't gain from them or you may learn from them but there's a part of me like pat talks about horror when he was a kid mm-hmm. and how it's influenced him. I mean, it's influenced him to this day and it's almost like you can never almost i i mean maybe some people do but most people don't escape that orbit of things that they really loved when they was a kid Right, right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of things that have always kind of stuck with me growing up, you know, art wise and music wise and everything. I mean, I think they say that your musical tastes really get ingrained in you when you're 18, but um, I, I've added some other tastes to myself since that time. But the ones that I had when I was 18 have never gone away and are still pretty predominant and everything. And, um, and a lot of the imagery and arts and things like that. I mean, some of the, I guess you could you know, kind of call this pop art and everything, but I always kind of liked, um, like yellow submarine art, um, like the Beatles, like the animation from that. Um, I love iron maiden and yes, album covers, Roger Dean. And I'm not yeah. sure who iron maiden's album covers were done by, but I always love those. Um, I like, um, comic book art and a lot, even though I was never a big comic book guy, whenever I would see one, I would always kind of enjoy, you know, the art and how that was drawn and everything. Um, and, and a lot of things like that, you know, so, uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, another thing too was, uh, you, 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 go ahead. Did you, did you like Molly Hatchet? The yes. Matt Molly Hatchet covers. Yes. Yes. Those two. Those that was two. Frank Frazetta. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and when I, when I first listened to Frank, when I first listened to Molly Hatchet, I go, this is not Frank Frazetta's. I mean, <laughs> I, I had a picture in my head what what Frank Frazetta's art was showing me, what the out what the band would sound like. And I was right. like, oh, this ain't what I was expecting at all. Right. I, I know. It's interesting. I know. Yeah, I know. Really, really, really. So uh so well, guys, we have come to the point of the evening where it is shameless plug time. So at this time, you will be as shameless as you want to be, be beyond shameless. Shame you know, uh, just, just give shame, you know, a completely new definition well, be here. Shameful. Yeah. Be shameful, <laughs> shameful, the shamelessly or shameful, shamelessly plug yourself at this point here. So what do you got? 
Where can well, we biggest, hear you and what do we the have? The biggest problem, the biggest problem that we have is that we we don't do a great job of plugging ourselves. But I'll tell you, if you go to Facebook and look up True Fiction, there we are, True Fiction Podcast. You can mm-hmm. see all our episodes. We um <clears throat> you can see all that stuff. If you uh of course our comic book is not or you know, um graphic novel is uh isn't really related to the true fiction, but if you go to Amazon.com and look up Children of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, colon, or semicolon, um, the treehouse, you'll find our book. Uh, there are eight, eight books out there. They're like two bucks a piece. So come on, people, spend a little cash, get something good, good reading here. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I did want to mention, too, that even though this is um, true fiction, we do special editions. So mm-hmm. back, uh, you know, before we all uh, caught a virus and, you know, we locked ourselves in our houses, we would have these things called, we call them Kino Clubs. We just had a, uh, some friends, we would go over to a place and we would watch movies, any kind of movies, old movies, new movies, all these movies, and then we would talk about it. Mm-hmm. So what we have done is we, that's all went online and we decided what the hell, we'll make a special true fiction episode, uh, Kino Club edition. So what, what we get is the uh, people from anywhere from 20 to 60 years old, uh, about five or 10 of us talking, you know, well, actually five or six of us talking about a movie, you know? So um, we have, and this, these are, these are episodes of uh, true fiction. Um, and we've done, um, I think our, probably our, one of our favorites was Look Who's Coming to Dinner, which was an amazing film. Oh yeah. Um, like, what is it? 65 or something like that. That was, uh, but right we also before, have right before Spencer Tracy died. I think he died like, yeah, was. right when it came out. Yeah. I think, um, that was 67 actually. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Okay. Uh-huh. Great. Good. Good. Hey, good. You know your dates, man. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, but also we, we have guilty pleasures too. Cause we watch a lot of, uh, uh, what's his name? Nick, Nick cage, Nick cage movies. So, um, so we'll watch and about some bad ones, some post-tax problems movies, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. you know, uh, you know, um, uh, you gotta love Nick Cage. I mean, the guy just goes for it every time. And I, <laughs> I have to say, Mandy should have been his big comeback movie, which was a, it was a, it was a horror movie, uh, but it, there was so much more to it than that, right? Uh, and right. we, and we review that too, so it's. I call it uh, warts and all. You know, we, you know, some of our, some of the people like use uh, colorful language, and it's, you know, it's not the best. I mean, we, it's the best audio that we've got. We don't, we're not really, we're just talking on our phones. So, but you know, uh, it. I think there's a certain quality, and I, I get when I even listen back to them, I get caught up with what we're saying. So that's my plug. Those are my plugs. It's Norbert. You got anything to plug? Well, I'm just going to shamelessly. Uh, piggyback on your plug and just uh, again if you're somebody who's interested in creative or I, I almost think that creative is 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 can be defined in many different ways and I I think that there's all kinds of episodes on true fiction that you can listen to and you can enjoy um, and you can get something out of if you're if you're at all interested in uh, in creative uh, thinking and expression and how to get better and, and learn something. So that's my plug. Great. Great. Well, guys, uh, yeah, Patrick and Norbert, thank you so much for being with us tonight here on foul players radio. Uh, this is 
again, you can hear them on true fiction podcast and uh, thank you all for being with us and happy new year. Uh, this is an early addition to season seven of foul players radio. So we're glad to have you break in the new year with us here. So thanks again, guys. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having us on. This has been a blast. Our pleasure. A lot. Absolutely. And we will see you next time you're listening to foul players radio. We'll see you. Howdy. It's Matt Gwynn here popping in to let you know about the adventures of the albino rhino to show uh frank the giraffe here my whole host james godwin and myself put on for you guys twice a week uh every wednesday we talk to a comedian and every friday we call it freak yeah friday the show itself is not safe for work and that freak is definitely a different word i just don't know what podcast you're going to be listening to this promo on and I don't want to, uh, you know, start screaming explicatives while you're sitting in your office. If you're lucky enough to have been able to go back to the work that you did before inside of an office or whatever, you know, but we go on a, an adventure twice a week and it's a good time because we get to sit down and talk to some really cool people. Uh, and I enjoy it because, you know, I'm just curious little albino who uh, likes to get to know folks, you know? You can find us a couple ways, actually multiple ways, really. Man, there's a lot of different ways to find us. You can find us through our central hub, which is www.albinorhino.me. It's the website find me on. And then, you know, the podcast, you can find the videos on YouTube. Search for Adventures of the Albino Rhino, also linkable from our website. And you can also find us through Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. That's right. We're on the same place Joe Rogan is. Granted, we're not we're not the Joe Rogan experience, but you know what I mean? We're there. We're there. So give us a listen. Promise you won't be promise you won't be dissatisfied. And enjoy your day. going on minions mike here for misery point radio and you're listening to the coast to coast power hour on the sj network now i know what you're thinking mike what the f is a coast to coast power hour well my uneducated and uninformed friend the coast to coast power hour is a board like collective of epic podcasters from epic podcasts that have all come together to discuss the important things in life pop culture current events random awesomeness stuff like that trust me you need this in your life for more information on this show and all the shows on the coast to coast power hour as well as on the sj network reach out to publicist steve joiner at www.s-j-network.com or steve sj network at gmail.com no need to thank me i'm just out here you know changing lives What's Your Effin' Binge is a podcast brought to you by Chris 
Anchor, and Spotify. And what we talk to our guest about is what they're currently binge-watching on TV. And uh, what we do is we like to uh, take a different approach. I don't want to know what the name of the show is that they're going to talk about before they come on. I have to actually guess it. So I ask them who, what, when, where, why, and uh, try to figure out what it is that they're watching. A lot of times I'm able to guess it, and sometimes I'm not. And that's fine. That adds to the comedy of the show. We like to bring our guest on, whether they're a model or an actress or a producer or musician, and just let them have a platform to be able to tell everybody what they have coming up next and also entertain everybody with what's worth watching. So I hope everybody tunes in for the next episode of What's Your Effin' Binge. Thanks. It's Chris.